The Diesel Performance Podcast contains explicit language. Thank you for joining us again. This is Paul Wilson. And I'm Danny Voss. And you're listening to the Diesel Performance Podcast. We've had some great episodes lately, the 100,000 downloads, all the LML dead pedal stuff with Nick. We did the Truck Advisor with Caden Hess. And today we got another great episode for you, Big Rig Power with Wade Lalone from Diesel Freak. How's it going, Wade? I'm doing great. How are you guys? Man, we're so excited to have you on. For Uh, sure. I'll tell you what, I I was going through some different things here that we've covered, some topics, and we wanted to get into Big Rig Power. And as I started thinking about who are our contacts in Big Rig Power, one of the other guys I work with is like, oh, Wade's got a semi. I think it's got a little horsepower behind it. Um, (laughs) Tell us a little bit about your your semi there. Well, my semi, it's actually gone into semi-retirement, actually. It's a truck. It's a 2000. Uh, it's got 1.6 million miles on it. It's it's lived a hard life, uh, pulling a lot of weight in the great state of Michigan. Um, but yeah, we we took and uh, not something you do on a typical street truck. But we put some bigger injectors in it and did some nice programming to it. And we're out running the roads and doing a little flood pulling with it now this summer. Really? So yeah, yep, still streetable, but she's uh, she's a four digit truck when we want it to be. What? And, uh, and people love watching semis pull. <laughs> you know, there's something about it. Everybody loves the truck, you know. Uh, you get the kids doing the, the arm pump is the, is the big thing, but then they just like to see the truck. <laughs> so. Tell us a little bit more. <coughs> excuse me. Tell us a little bit more about the uh, turbo and injectors you got in that. What's it take to make 1,200 horse? Well, we're uh, they're actually... They're not a marine injector. They're just a bigger oversized industrial injector uh, injector that we're running in it. And then we're actually using a bullseye-powered uh, turbocharger on it. Bullseye's done a good job at building power and proving that in the past. Uh, I got one on my pulling pickup. You know, everybody knows bullseye. Uh, so we got with Elm and, and fit one for the, for the semi-application. And we've got a few of them out there on some overroad trucks. And we just put a little bit bigger-sized one on this truck, and that would give it a try. That's awesome. It's working well. <laughs> and you said you just started pulling it this season? I did, actually. Uh, about three weeks ago was our first pull with it. We just kind of decided, uh, let's see what we can do with it. Uh, well, my pulling pickup, I've had some some damage with it this summer, so it, it's actually down for the season. And, uh, you know, pulling's in the blood, and it's just kind of like i got to pull something. And I was looking out at the truck and <laughs> said, uh, let's pull that. <laughs> anybody in the class to run with you or are you just kind of out there for exhibition you know in southern michigan indiana ohio there's tons of guys out there uh pulling semis uh even central michigan i got a group of friends that they've all been pulling semis for a couple of years and so i just kind of joining in with them but um northern michigan where we're based out of the the semis the the pulling is a little thinner crowd up here uh, actually, tonight, I'm getting ready to, to go to a local fairgrounds up here. We've got a guy that lives up in northern Michigan. He goes over to Canada and runs the drag races, hauling the trailers uphill. I'm sure everybody's seen them videos on YouTube. Oh, yeah. Uh, his name's Mike Sturgill. He uh, owns Precision Forestry, and he's got a truck that he's been doing very well drag racing with. So we're doing a little showdown tonight. It's going to be street truck versus drag truck. Really? And uh, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna see who can all pull one another. <laughs> that is cool. <laughs> That's yep. awesome, man! What a show. Yep. Okay. Well, Wade, you know we usually ask our guests, uh, "What got you started in diesel performance?" You know, I grew up uh, 
grew up around trucks. My grandfather started a trucking company years ago, almost, you know, back in the 1930s, and grew up in a truck, always been around them, and it's always been uh, in my dad's and uncle's blood to who could out pull the other one going up the hills, and it's <laughs> it's just a power thing, you know. Uh, back in the early 2000s, the, the diesel pickup market came in, you know, big. Um, got into pickup pulling. It's just kind of always been one of them things that uh, bigger is better, always wanting more. What can we do to make more power? So it's... Uh, just an everyday event thinking ahead and, and running with technology technology's changed so much that you know we're we're going from trucks that used to hardly make 300 400 horsepower to now 800 600 is a is a daily street semi out there on the road that's so wild you would never think about it. i mean how many liters are we talking about in one of these uh higher horsepower trucks most common is 15 liter um there's some that range from as little as 12 7 and then there's some that are uh 16 liter but most common is a 15 liter engine gotcha. i'll tell you as a driver in a let's say a four-cylinder car on the highway and one of these semis come up next to you and they're running right with you at 90 miles an hour <laughs> you are holding on trying to get to hell you don't know whether to try to go faster or try to slow down you you're like holy cow this thing is hauling the mail it is crazy, and I never really thought about it, to be honest with you. I just assumed semis were slow and they get in my way, so I, I thought they didn't have any power. But, I mean, 600, 800 horsepower from the factory is pretty fucking crazy, if you don't mind me saying. <laughs> I know. <laughs> you know, and, and just to touch on that, we're because I'm, I'm also a driver as well. Uh, in the past, I've, I've drove many hundreds of thousands of miles, and we're watching you guys in the cars just as much as you're watching us. <laughs> um, we got to share the road, and... A lot of people don't realize where most trucks you see across the country are at least 80,000 gross pounds. Yeah. Um, takes a lot to stop that truck, more or less get it moving. Yeah, you got to look out for us four-wheelers. we got to look out for you 18-wheelers. Uh, <laughs> right. <laughs> We're not out there to try to bump you off the road, but if you're in our way, we will. So. <laughs> Damn truck drivers. Um, <laughs> okay, Wade, we, we had a conversation uh, prior to this episode a little bit about some of the things that are impacting the diesel performance industry here lately. One of the yep. big topics is emissions equipment. How has emissions impacted big rigs? You know, it's just been a big detriment to their bottom line, to the to the money that they can make. I mean, trucking isn't just fun out here. It's guys' ways of living, their income, their their livelihood, uh, supporting families and everything else across America. And freight rates have not increased to make up for what this expense has added to the equipment, let alone just to buy the truck new with the added equipment, but then the maintenance that comes in with it is just a detriment. Um, everybody sees it with their pickups. You know, they get check engine lights, and you might have to go to the dealership for a day or two or sometimes even longer. And when it comes to a guy's truck, he's banking on that truck for daily income, and you just can't afford, let alone the downtime, but then the constant repairs and maintenance on it. Gotcha. Yeah. So a larger scale. I mean, a larger scale truck, larger scale problems, right? I'd imagine Much the budget's higher. Scale. And we're talking vehicles that get, you know, these trucks are anywhere from five to eight miles to the gallon in fuel going down the road. Um, you think about it, you're at least 50 cents a mile. It's costing that truck to, right. to go down the highway. Yeah, I know we've got it figured out in the light duty market, but hopefully it progresses to where you're at when what you're driving and operating every day. Absolutely. Yep. And what I really want to dive into is some solutions for drivers. And we're going to talk about that right after this commercial break. 
Hi, this is Nick with Calibrated Power Solutions. We're breaking new ground in the turbocharger market with our Stealth series. The Stealth 64 is a perfect replacement for any stock turbocharger on any year Duramax. The 64 millimeter compressor wheel adds at least 80 rear wheel horsepower on a stock fuel system while maintaining stock drivability and excellent spool up. The Stealth 64 also helps maintain lower EGTs under heavy loads, especially useful for you guys pulling. If you're looking to upgrade or replace your stock turbocharger, Check out the Stealth 64, perfect balance between power and drivability in a drop-in stock-appearing turbocharger. For more information, check out DuramaxTuner.com or give us a call at the office at 815-568-7920. Okay, so we're talking about the emissions equipment impacting big rigs, and it's been quite a detriment. There's There's been a lot of the same problems on the truck side has translated to the semi side, except obviously larger scale. But like I said, Wade, we, we really want to dive into the solutions. What kind of problem solving or what kind of solutions have been out there for big rig customers? Well, it's been a rather expanding, quick-growing industry, and the biggest thing is ECM tuning. Um, the tuning market has grown leaps and bounds, and I refer back to the pickups because that's where diesel pickup performance has really taken the biggest leap. And we've looked at this from our history of career of truck driving and said, how can we put that in play with our industry? So semi-truck tuning has gotten to be very big. You know, you think of the factory that builds these trucks, they're, they're pumping out 70 to 90 trucks a day. They don't have the, the people that can sit and custom tune that ECM to each individual truck. Is it, you know, they get a box of ECMs, uh, create engines and they, they put them together and out the door it goes. Well, just fine-tuning, knowing what gear ratio, what transmissions, how, what chassis is this truck set up in. Um, we can go through and, and ECM tune many times a truck to gain a little bit of power, but better economy, uh, more specific to that truck. That's really and, awesome. That's something that we've seen, like you said, translate over from the truck side. Obviously, Danny and I, with our, our employment and history at Duramax Tuner, we're huge believers in custom tuning, and we're huge believers in what electronic performance can provide to a diesel. It's great to hear that big rigs are getting the same thing. Do you see some of the same translations? Do you see higher horsepower tunes getting better fuel economy in a semi? We do. Actually, that's been our rule of thumb is uh, horsepower equals economy. The easier that truck can roll down the road, the less fuel it's going to drink doing it. Um, if it only takes you half a mile at wide open throttle to get to 55 mile an hour, it's better than a mile at wide open throttle to get to 55 mile an hour. So even when you're coming to a hill, you know, you might not have to downshift. And not even the ease of mileage, but the shock load on a drivetrain. If you're pulling 80,000 pounds up a hill and you've got a downshift to gear, not every driver can make a smooth transition downshifting. You said it. You're not shock loading the, the drivetrain. Yeah. God knows I can't. Well, let's, let's. <laughs> you know, and the other thing is like, a GM vehicle is knowingly a Duramax. Ford's a power stroke. Uh, some manufacturers can dial them in a little bit better from the factory. Not always. I mean, many, and you guys have proven that. We, we know that. Every vehicle could use a custom tune. But, you know, you can order a Peterbilt truck and select from three different engines to put in it. Right. Well, let's uh, talk about that. Well, you know, yeah. let's talk about that. A lot of guys, it's kind of a trend that, I, that I've kind of noticed as far as truck drivers in the past, uh, I don't know, five years or so dealing with them on a daily basis they uh buy rollers and then they put an older motor in it that's pre-emissions i'm starting to see that be popular are you coming across that weight 
we're coming across that a lot. And the main reason is they're trying, you know, they don't want the emissions on these trucks. Uh, more owner-operators. Right. Um, they, they can't afford the downtime. So they buy an engine, remanufactured, or rebuild it themselves from a pre-emissions unit, buy a brand-new unit and uh, a glider and put that engine in it, and then they've got another truck ready for a million miles. With, I think everybody's keeping their fingers crossed that maybe something will change, and they'll realize that these DPF systems and, and area systems aren't working like they're supposed to be. Well, well, I guess that's one of those that we always see when new technology comes out, right? Whether it's a new turbocharger to the market, or whether it's a new emissions piece, a piece, a new piece of emissions equipment to the market, the first generations always fail the most. So we've noticed in trucks, we've tracked it. LLY EGRs fail more often than LBZs and so on and so on. And the yep. LMM DPFs fail more often than the LMLs. And even mm-hmm. the early model LML NOX and DEF systems are not nearly as reliable as the new 13, 14, 15, even the 16 models. Are you right. seeing that same trend? Are they improving the emissions equipment in, in these motors for, for big brigs? Or has it just been since it's come out, they're running the same th- system? No, they're they're improving. They are getting better. Um, I would say from about 2014 and newer, Cummins has really advanced forward. Uh, they come out with what they call their CM2350 engine. Yep. Um, you know, I mean, Duramax has the LLY, LBZ, all that base. Uh, Cummins has made their, their years of improvements. In 2014, they really made a good advance. I haven't seen the 17 and newer truck. We're supposed to have one here in the next week. Um, rumor has it that it doesn't have urea on it. Really? Somebody already That's removed it? <laughs> <laughs> no, we haven't removed it yet. But <laughs> um, You know, and that's options that guys are taking, but we're really trying to steer against that because we just need to fine-tune the way the manufacturers are, are operating them. And we're doing that with different exhaust manifolds, different air intake systems, custom ECM tuning, controlling the way the EGR operates, the how often, you know, DPF filters, just on any vehicle, I, I like to refer to it as a coffee filter. I mean, how many times can you clean it before it's really not clean? Right. And Well, I guess semis have some, some huge advantages there. So one, I wanted to make a note. I, I love to hear that we're talking about emissions intact tuning. Obviously, being from Duramax Tuner, we're huge believers. Danny drives clean sweep, the, the only dedicated sled pull truck with the emissions equipment still on it right which i've been watching closely i think that it's doing a great job i love seeing that out there well i'm loving to hear that the future in big rig performance includes utilizing the emissions equipment it's not going anywhere we're we're going to have emissions we're going to have something treating the exhaust from now until we stop using diesel yep why are we trying to get around it yeah and that's my thing is that there's been so much promotion out there for delete 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 you have to delete it it's great to hear that there are companies taking some time to develop the emissions intact tuning and the emissions intact performance so that's obviously the future of this industry well and like and it's being controlled it's being regulated and it's being watched and it's sooner or later it's just going to be the inevitable it's what you got to do yeah if you can't beat them join them that's right <laughs> yep <laughs> and we were talking about the clean sweep, and uh, I can go on and on about that, but I can relate to the emissions equipment. I hope that the uh, uh, industry that you're talking about with the big rigs progresses as fast as the um, industry has on our end with the light-duty market. 
because I know how fun it is when it actually works like it's supposed to, like advertise, <laughs> like, yep. and when everything works like it's supposed to, there is no problem. There's no problem at all. There's no solution because there's no problem. Well, I, I think that's a great point to make, Danny. You know, just this past weekend, you were out sled pulling at the, the local county fair. You had, what, four hooks in, in mid-afternoon, filled up the DPF. Mm-hmm. Danny left the sled pole, came and picked me up at my house. It's about a 20-minute drive. We drove back. The DPF was cleaned out. It, I mean, it yeah. was yeah. – that's literally all you had to do. It's not like you had to go wrench on something. You didn't have to tear it apart. You literally just drove the truck on the road like a normal adult, drove back, and it was ready to go again. It hooked another two times that night. Mm-hmm. And I think the really cool thing on big rigs, from my understanding, is such – it has so much larger of a capacity – it's obviously it's a it's a 15 liter motor it needs to but the DPF is two three times the size of a truck. But the cool part is on a semi at least the DPFs are serviceable. Is that true? Wait, are we starting to see that to to continue where we have serviceable DPFs? Or are they once they fail you have to replace them? Well, both. There's both out there. There are serviceable and non-serviceable. Um, you know, and there are some that can be cleaned, but again, you know, you can only clean it so many times and you got to replace it. Um, and, and it, again, it, when it comes back to affecting their, you know, not just the trucking individual's bottom line, it's all of our bottom line. Anything yeah. you eat, wear, or whatever, somehow or another has been touched by a truck. And if we can help maintain these expenses, we can help keep all of our products' prices down. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, logistics yeah. makes the world go round. Yep, true story. Yeah, just even the fuel truck hauling your fuel to the gas station. I mean, <laughs> if he doesn't need as much money to haul that fuel there, you're not going to pay as much at the pump. So it, it benefits in a in a great roundabout way that not everybody sees the big picture. But you know, well, you got to look at the government side of it. You know, all the employees that are employed, of course, through the government doing R and D with all of the emissions equipment testing and you know furthering the technology. They're employing so many people there, and they're going to keep doing it and keep uh, getting more into it and coming up yep. with new different things that are supposedly supposed to help. So they're not just going to sure cut are. that. And if we look at our European friends, they're a few years ahead of us. Yeah. Um, of course, their their oil prices are a lot higher than ours, but um, they're running less horsepower engines but way more economical. Well, that's the big the, thing over there, too, is they, they've adopted small diesel so much earlier and so much so much better than America has. Where that That's why they had the 2.8-liter Duramax and the 3-liter uh, Cummins motor for so long, or 3-liter eco-diesel. But they've had those motors over in Europe for so long because the, the customers want them. There's a direct demand. And that's something that I think we're going to start seeing as we get through and past and people forget about the whole VW scandal with their emissions equipment not really working on the road. Um, we're starting to see the cruise pop back up and become really popular, the cruise diesel. We're starting to hear, you know, we saw the Colorado come out. We saw the little three-liter come out. We saw the Jeep come out. We have that five-liter coming from uh, Nissan with a Cummins in it. Um, I, I think we're going to start seeing these smaller diesels that have high fuel economy, a little bit lower tow ratings, and some of these small-duty trucks. And they're all going to be equipped with emissions equipment. Um, well, and they are, and, and, you know, we're being forced that way. I mean, that's why we kind of want to get on the ball of we like our American muscle and our American power. We don't want to lose the big engines right. and the big power. So if we can make these more economical or, or better emissions-friendly and still keep and maintain that power and that strength, then that's what we would like to do. Absolutely. 
So we got to kind of fight fire with fire a little bit when it comes to the government. How do you think this will affect sled pulling? You know, I don't know if you can ever get rid of a competition, can you? I mean, it's just, <laughs> I don't think you can. And, you know, in my truck's its own example. I'm not out there with a, with a clean sweep semi, but... Uh, well, there you go. There's an idea. It might that's how it started problem, with us. You know? Yeah, this project <laughs> started just by talking. Is, uh, that's going to be my tow rig as well for next year. And you know, if I can make this thing more economical, all these tow rigs going to all these events around the country. You know, if you can save a little money on your bottom line, you might get a little, you know, another fancy piece for the sled truck next year, the drag truck or something. I mean, if you can save a little money in your pocket on your tow rig. Well, we don't have to delete anything. I don't know. Maybe I'll put some fancy headlight covers on or something. <laughs> there you go. Right? <laughs> I know, right? Like like us saving money on not having to delete would go to anything besides <laughs> more truck modifications. It's just a different place I could spend the money, right? Yeah. But there is I, – I do like the idea of that of – I think the industry is always driven by need, right? So people need to save money on fuel. They thought the solution was to delete it, but you've shown it on the big rigs. We've shown it on the pickups. You absolutely do not have to delete the emissions equipment to fill that need. Right. And I and think even that's with emissions be... on vehicles. I mean, they're offering exhaust kits. They're offering air cleaners. We're doing the same things with the semis. Yeah. Uh, we got we got new intake systems out for the Cummins ISX, the big engines. Um, these things are showing up to a half mile a gallon fuel savings. Uh, even 12 to 20 horse on the dyno. You're not going to feel that in the seat, but you're going to see it on, on you know, at the fuel pump. That's mm-hmm. awesome. So, yeah, there's, there's definitely a lot of emissions on uh, advancements coming down the line that are even here now that a lot don't know about. Well, I think this is such a great topic. We're definitely going to have to rehash this episode and get into a, a number two for this one, a sequel. But I think for today, I just want to say thank you so much for, for spending some time with us, Wade. Oh, I agree. I appreciate it. I'm on board for another episode. I mean, the more we can get out there and get announced and, and be seen and heard, I think it's just going to be better. we got to get everybody else on board. Totally agree. I hear you, man. Good luck with your truck tonight, um, and good luck with future plans. Maybe uh, we started some. Maybe we can make a clean sweep semi. Ooh, I'm so into it. Might be in the plans. (laughs) Why not? Never say never. Wade, if people want to get a hold of you over at Diesel Freak, what's the best way for them to reach out to you? Um, Well, our website, dieselfreak.com, and then our phone number is 989-748-4145. Of course, they can like us on Facebook. And uh, that's about the extent of what everybody, you know, uh, my brother Ryan uh, and myself, we got everybody finds us on Facebook there as well. Uh, but most commonly, the best way is just to call. Uh, we got a group of people that answer the phone and we try to return our calls and help everybody in a quick fashion. I hear you there. Well, thank you so much for joining us again, Wade. This has been Paul Wilson. And I'm Danny Voss. Thanks for listening. Calibrated Power Solutions, the leading North American developer of clean diesel power and home of DuramaxTuner.com, is the proud sponsor of the Diesel Performance Podcast. Calibrated Power develops emissions-equipped tunes for a wide variety of diesel powertrains, including the Duramax, Cummins, Jeep, John Deere, and many more. For more information and the best customer service in the industry, check out CalibratedPower.com or call 815-568-7920. That's 815-568-7920. To reach out to the Diesel Performance Podcast, send us a message through Facebook or email Paul at DuramaxTuner.com or Danny at DuramaxTuner.com. I haven't seen the 17 and newer truck. We're supposed to have one here in the next week. Um, Rumor has it that it doesn't have urea on it. 
Really? Somebody already removed it? <laughs>